Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Over the next hour, you'll learn how the past influences the future and how you can create a fabulous future for yourself. Now, here's Cheryl. Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We are on a journey to understand the past so that we can move forward into the future with focus and energy. Today, we will delve into the age of exploration and the colonial era. Although we view the following events through one lens, it really was lots of individual events, separate people seeking different goals through their conquests. There is a misnomer that all people coming to the new world were seeking religious freedom. Although that is true of one or two particular groups, some were coming to spread their religious beliefs, some were coming to find more efficient and less dangerous ways to navigate their trade routes, and some were coming to expand their wealth and the wealth of their mother country. It truly was a period of time when peoples from many parts of the European continent were expanding their empires and extending their reach. This begs the question, if they were all coming from different regions for different reasons, how did they all come together and form one union? At what point did it become a conscious effort to become united? What challenges did they face in creating that union? And what did they do to make it successful? Let's take a few moments to look at the different peoples, their motivations, and how they started to merge their efforts into one union. I believe this creates a blueprint for how to move forward in a world full of people with divergent ideas, motivations, and goals. This is only a high-level and cursory analysis, but future episodes will dig deeper into the blueprint. The Age of Exploration was a period in the late 15th and 16th centuries when European explorers began to sail across the Atlantic Ocean in search of new trade routes, wealth, and resources. This era was sparked by advances in ship design and navigation, as well as the desire to find a sea route to Asia and its valuable spices. Christopher Columbus was born in 1451 in the Republic of Genoa, Italy. He began his career as a sailor at a young age and quickly gained experience as a navigator. He became convinced that it would be possible to reach Asia by sailing west across the Atlantic rather than east around Africa and across the Indian Ocean. He made his first voyage in 1492 with three ships I'm sure you've heard of, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, and he landed near the Bahamas, which he named the New World. His voyages were not only a significant achievement in the field of exploration, but also opened the way for the widespread European exploration and colonization of the Americas. Another village is Roanoke, and it is a city in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. It was established in the late 16th century and is known as the site of the lost colony of the Roanoke Island. In 1587, a group of English settlers led by Governor John White arrived on Roanoke Island and established a colony with a desire to expand the reach of the British Empire. However, when White returned to England for supplies in 1590 and then came back to Roanoke, he found that the colony had disappeared without a trace. The only clue to their fate was the word Croatan, carved into a post, leading to speculation that the settlers may have been killed by the local Native American tribe or that they may have joined the tribe. The mystery of the lost colony has never been solved. Jamestown was the first permanent English settlement in North America by the British Empire. It was established in 1607 in what is now the state of Virginia in the United States. The settlement was financed and organized by the Virginia Company, a joint stock company that had been granted a charter by King James I of England to establish colonies in North America. 
The colony was named for the king and was located on the banks of the James River near the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. The first settlers at Jamestown faced many challenges, including disease, famine, and attacks from local Native American tribes. However, the colony was able to survive and eventually thrive, due in part to the arrival of new settlers and the development of a profitable tobacco industry. Pilgrims were a group of religious dissenters from England who sought to establish a new community where they could worship freely according to their own conscience. They left England in September of 1620 on, yep, you're right, the Mayflower, a ship bound for the new world. The journey across the Atlantic took approximately 66 days and was marked by storms, rough seas, and an outbreak of disease on the ship. They were originally headed for the northern part of the Virginia colony, but they were blown off course and landed instead at Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Upon their arrival, there was no governing authority because they did not land in an area supported by the Crown's charter. There were two desperate groups that came aground. They could not be farther from the same religious refugees, and hardened sailors. In order to manage the differing factions, they created their own governing document called the Mayflower Compact. The Mayflower Compact was an agreement that was signed by some of the passengers of the Mayflower. The compact was written and signed aboard the ship while it was anchored in what is now Provincetown Harbor, Massachusetts, before the pilgrims disembarked and established the Plymouth Colony. The Mayflower Compact was a social contract that established a form of self-government for the colony based on the principles of democracy and majority rule. It stated that the settlers would covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. The compact acknowledged the authority of King James I of England, but it also laid the foundation for self-government in the new colony. The Mayflower Compact is one of the first written constitutions in the New World, and it has been seen as an important precursor to the later United States Constitution. The compact was not an official document, nor was it recognized by the English government, but it was a significant step in the direction of self-government in the colonies. It is also seen as an important symbol of the Pilgrims' determination to establish a just and orderly society in the New World between two groups who differed significantly in ideology. They spent the first few months of their stay in the area exploring and trying to find a suitable place to establish their colony. Finally, they settled on a site in the western bank of the Plymouth Harbor in December of 1620. They suffered greatly during their first winter in the New World, with around half of the passengers and crew dying from disease and exposure. But with the help of the local Wampanoag Native Americans, they were able to survive and establish the Plymouth Colony. They are a Native American tribe from the northeastern region of North America, specifically from what is now Massachusetts and Rhode Island. They were one of the tribes encountered by the pilgrims in the early 17th century, and the Wampanoag leader, Massasoit, played a key role in the establishment of the Plymouth Colony. The Wampanoag people had a complex and sophisticated society with a strong system of governance and a rich cultural heritage. They were skilled farmers, fishers, and hunters, and they were known for their intricate basket weaving and pottery making. Squanto, also known as Tisquantum, was a member of the Patuxent tribe of the Wampanoag Confederacy, a Native American group from the northeastern region of North America. He played a significant role in the early history of the Plymouth Colony, established by the Pilgrims in 1620. 
Squanto was kidnapped by English traders in 1614 and taken to Spain, where he learned to speak English. He eventually returned to his homeland, but found that his entire tribe had been wiped out by a disease outbreak. He then encountered the pilgrims and helped them to survive by teaching them how to cultivate corn, fish, and hunt in the area. He also acted as an interpreter and mediator between the pilgrims and the Massasoit, the leader of the Wampanoag tribe. The pilgrims believed that Squanto's arrival in their community was an act of divine providence. Squanto's assistance to the pilgrims is considered a key factor in the colony's survival during its early years, and his role in the history of Plymouth Colony is remembered in American history. Squanto died in 1622 from disease, possibly a plague. His legacy lives on as an important figure in the history of the Wampanoag people and the Plymouth Colony. The pilgrims found common ground with the Native Americans. They even generated contracts that documented the pilgrim agreements to compensate the Wampanoag tribe for lands they acquired from them. Despite their differences and a few skirmishes, they worked together to ensure mutual success. The colonial era in America was a time between the early 16th and late 18th centuries during which various European countries established colonies in the present-day United States. The religious breakoffs that occurred during this time were a result of the Protestant Reformation in Europe, which led to the formation of various Protestant denominations and the rise of religious dissent. This religious diversity was reflected in the colonies with the establishment of colonies by different religious groups, such as the Puritans in Massachusetts, the Quakers in Pennsylvania, and the Anglicans in Virginia. The 13 colonies that were established in the 17th and 18th centuries were Virginia, Massachusetts, Maryland, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, New Hampshire, Delaware, North Carolina, South Carolina, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Each of these colonies had their own unique history, economy, and population. They were divided into three regions, the New England colonies, the Middle colonies, and the Southern colonies. The colonies were all eventually united in their quest for independence from British rule and formed the United States of America. At a high level, these are the groups that came to North America in the 15th, 16th, and 17th centuries. They are diverse in their ambitions and unique in their goals. Many people from many different cultures with different goals eventually came together. That seems almost unbelievable in the world in which we live today. At the beginning of the Revolutionary War, patriots and supporters of the American cause may have outnumbered their opponents by a disputable margin. This was largely due to an outpouring of support from people who were inspired by the ideals of freedom that had been raised in protest against British rule. Patriots across the colonies quickly rallied together once they realized that the mother country was not interested in taking the ideas and needs of their charter colonies seriously. They quickly began forming militias and engaging in skirmishes with the British forces that were dispatched to quell the rebellion. By the end of the war, patriots had formed a unified front and backed by France and Spain, ultimately secured our independence. What is important to remember, though, is that there were a sizable number of people who did not want to part ways with England, who did not want to part ways with England, and some of those people who did not want to part ways would go on to become some of the great leaders of the Patriot cause. The Patriots who fought in the Revolutionary War and the Loyalists, or the Tories, as they were known, represented two very different points of view. But despite their differences, they shared a common commitment to building North America and securing its place in history. 
This point is crucial to unity, finding common ground. Neither side needs to compromise their principles. We just need to forge common ground. The patriots risked everything to gain independence and create a government that would protect the rights of all citizens, while the Tories aimed to preserve the British monarchy and its laws. Together, they forged a thriving nation that celebrates their diverse heritage today. It is amazing to think that people from so many cultures with so many different goals and perspectives could come together and lay the foundation for this vibrant country. Though our differences may seem insurmountable in the modern world, we can still take inspiration from these patriots and Tories for their courage and commitment to a shared cause. Together, we can create a bright future for generations to come. What did all of these people do in order to accomplish great things with people who may or may not agree with their ideology? Like I said, they found common ground. What common ground did these groups find? Well, mostly they were united in a common cause. Early explorers came together to forge a path to uncharted lands. Some were going to find more efficient trade routes. Others sought gold, silver, and other riches. Some were sent by their mother country to explore new lands and expand their empires. And then there are those who sought relief from religious persecution. What all of them shared in common was a desire to step outside their existing world and venture into new territory. They all face similar challenges, taming new land, conflict with existing people, and scant resources. To succeed, they needed to establish working rules and relationships that produced food and shelter. They needed to either build forts to protect themselves from Native Americans or build relationships to work with the existing inhabitants. Most chose to do both to varying degrees. If they worked individually, they could not and would not survive. Whether they liked or agreed with those around them, they needed each other for survival. Their approach to interacting with Native Americans would be a key factor in determining their success. In addition, growing food, along with building shelter and protection, was done more expeditiously and with greater success when you work together. Although they found through trial and error that the idea of shared resources was not a recipe for success, Shared labor was a good way to build communities that flourished. Some were crude sailors, others rich noblemen, and then there were tradesmen and farmers. There were women in some communities, and there were Native Americans whose lifestyle was significantly different from the newcomers. They did not all share religious beliefs nor moral values in most cases, but they all shared a need for survival and a commitment to a new home away from their motherlands. Their clashes with existing populations were varied and many. Their success in forging relationships were contingent upon the desire of both parties to live in harmony. Where they could find common ground, the outcomes were stark in contrast to those who sought to fight rather than live in peace and harmony, much like in the world we live today. When we fight, it does not matter who started it or who was right or wrong. When you fight, there's always a winner and a loser. Winning does not necessarily mean that you are right. It just means you could outmaneuver the other side with strength or resources. The pilgrims gave us a valuable blueprint for living in harmony, not just with the different types of people on the Mayflower, but also with the Wampanoag. In addition, the Wampanoag could have seen the pilgrims as intruders who did not belong on what they may have perceived as their land. Instead, they welcomed them worked with and alongside them, and both groups were better off for it. 
They both won. The pilgrims did not ask the sailors to give up their rough and tumble lifestyle. They did not ask the Native Americans to abandon their way of life and vice versa. They established rules, outlined responsibilities, and went on to find success. There was a mutual respect for each other, no matter their differences. From there, these people formed communities and colonies whose needs and thus lifestyles were once again diverse. But they also came together to take on the most powerful empire in the world at the time, the British crown. Even once they won their independence, they were still not a united nation. The Constitution of the United States is the glue that binds us together. It was and is meant to weave a patchwork of many designs and colors into a beautiful tapestry. Understanding its foundations can help you and I work together in common causes without dividing us into competing factions. We have to get past the idea of winners and losers to accomplish that goal. Sometimes you need to look back to look forward. History is prologue. Has there ever been a time where history did not repeat itself for better or for worse? Listen to Flashback to a Fabulous Future, where we will explore ancient history, modern history, and personal history to see how we can use history to motivate and inspire you to create a fabulous future for yourself. The fifth principle of cooperative management is all about education. We rely on education, particularly historical education, to empower you. Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Welcome back to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Hopefully you are learning the tools you need to build a fabulous future for yourself. Now let's get back to the show with Cheryl. Welcome back. So let's jump right into the idea of cooperatives. Cooperation does not necessarily equate to compromise. It simply means you both have something that unites you in a common cause. You can and should live in peace by respecting others, even if we disagree with them. So what else can you do to make a difference? One of the best ways to make a difference is to invest in your family. This means taking care of them, spending quality time with them, and being financially responsible by setting aside money for their future needs. By investing in your family, you are providing them with a secure foundation, which will help them better navigate life's challenges. Furthermore, it sets an example for others around you and shows that supporting one another is important. Another way to support your family is to set boundaries and establish clear expectations from everyone involved. This helps create healthy relationships within the family unit, as well as promote respect between family members. Finally, stay positive and be willing to compromise when needed. This will ensure harmony amongst all those involved. All these efforts can have a long-lasting and positive impact on your family, society, and future generations. The foundation of society is built in the home. So make a difference today by investing in your immediate family and your national family. In addition to investing in your family, there are other ways you can make a difference by giving back to your community. This can be done through volunteering, donating money or resources to cause that matter to you, and speaking up for those who cannot do so themselves. 
Making an effort to help those less fortunate than you is a powerful way of showing compassion and understanding toward others. It also helps build bridges between different social groups and encourages solidarity. Ultimately, this leads to more unified societies that have greater potential for developing solutions that benefit everyone involved. So reach out today and make a difference with your time and resources. You will be making a meaningful contribution that will leave lasting results in your local community. Most important, turn to your faith. Our country's beliefs and values stem from the Judeo-Christian faith, which emphasizes love, peace, justice, mercy, humility, and forgiveness. These are the foundations of most religions worldwide and on which our laws have been built and continue to be upheld today. By returning to these essential principles and using them as a guiding light for society's future direction, we can ensure that our nation remains safe and prosperous for generations to come. Then, understand the history and motivations of the Founding Fathers by taking our Constitution Alive course. This will enable you to form an informed opinion on their ideas and help you form a vision for the future. The course is fun, interactive, and provides a comprehensive overview of the Constitution so that you don't have to rely on information from the media, which may be biased or inaccurate. By learning about the Founding Fathers' wisdom, you can decide whether or not you agree with their views and understand how changes are implemented in this country. Take this opportunity to gain knowledge of your rights as a United States citizen. So sign up today for our Constitutional Live course and get informed today. Lastly, decide which problem or problems you want to tackle. Are there national issues you would like to take on or are there issues that are local to your community? Do you want to be a leader or a contributor? What level of involvement do you want to have in solving problems? To help get started, our What Can I Do website offers valuable resources and information on a variety of topics related to issues facing our communities today. Here you will find ideas for projects, advice from experts in the field, and tips for getting organized and advocating for change. With this tool at your disposable, it's never been easier to make meaningful contributions toward cultivating positive social change. So start exploring today and find out what you can do to make a difference. Every small action counts. You can also discover your inner co-oper. Are you ready to take action and make a positive impact in your community? Look no further because the Fifth Principle Learning Cooperative is here to empower you to become a problem-solving co-oper. Our mission is to bring order to chaos by building self-reliant communities through the development of servant leaders who work together to solve local problems. Together, we can share our skills and resources to create a sustainable financial ecosystem that supports humanitarian, economic, and infrastructure projects. To join our movement, just ask yourself the following questions. Do you enjoy bringing people together to achieve self-reliance? Do you have a passion for making a difference in your community? Are you motivated by inspiring others to reach their full potential? Are you excited about learning new skills and knowledge? Do you want to play a role in restoring order in your local community by solving problems? If you answered yes to any of these questions, we invite you to join our membership group and embark on a journey of personal and professional growth. Through our educational programs, you will gain a deeper understanding of our constitution and history, 
develop resilience to overcome challenges and learn about the cooperative business model as a means to revive the economy. You will also discover the principles of quiet leadership, customer service, and quality learning programs that are essential for success in business. Additionally, you will learn about the benefits of living locally and how to fund your efforts. Continue to join us in this podcast as we explore historical inflection points where freedom fighters overcame adversity and succeeded. Together, we will make our own history and come out victorious. Let's do this together. So we're getting to the end of our show today. Next month, we will discuss the role that westward expansion played in growing the country and unifying people despite their differences. Let me take a few minutes to share a link to the resources or tools I mentioned and how you can connect with me. The primary social media tool I use is called Gab. That is simply gab.com. This is a little unusual, but my username is spelled C-H-E-R-S-T-I-N-A-N-E. Again, that is C-H-E-R-S-T-I-N-A-N-E. Or you are welcome to join our group simply called Cooperatives. We are all in this together. Let's learn how to improve ourselves, our communities, and our businesses. Until next month. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We hope today has helped you understand how the past influences the future and created the present. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.